g'day. Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. On the side and Lily Alley whips around the field and goes to the front over Zukas who goes back up to eyeball it now. Parkburn's getting a word right off the track. Music award. Uh, in between runners there coming into the races. Smooth move. Bonnie F's there as well and partners kicking away into the straight. Lily Alley leads old Zukas who's running home. Here's Parkburn and Grand Pilot. Starting to run on. Grand Top Gear goes to the front. Oh, this is an impressive horse, this one. Running home like Cozzy Can Can for Schofield Granella. But Grand Palazzo, way too good. Beat the railway. Second Cozzy Can Can, Parkburn, Starhattan. May make uh, her presence felt on Tats Tiara Day in a few weeks. Grant Clemens is with us. How are you, Tone? Great, thank you, Steve. Good morning to you and hello, everyone. Welcome to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news. And a very good win there for Grand Palazzo in the final Battle of the Bush qualifier at Bar Calden on Saturday, beating Lily Arles and uh, or Lily Arley and Cosie Cancan running Tony Schofield's stable. And yes, that may well be the case for Grand Palazzo. That's the fourth win in a row and coming off the back of some very, very nice wins at uh, Tambo and Longreach, certainly putting uh, that mayor's stamp onto the uh, Battle of the Bush final, as uh, Steve said, on Tats Tiara Day coming up in a couple of weeks. Time will be to talk about Battle of the Bush and a whole host of other news from racing on the weekend, including the Gainer Cup won by Legend of Zorro and the Injun Cup won by Bushido. G'day, Rob. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, uh, listeners. And, yeah, Tony, aren't we blessed at this time of the year with the build-up to the final of the Battle of the Bush in two weeks' time? That... You'd think there'd be a little bit of a lull maybe after that to just let us recoup. And uh, But uh, we go into cup season, as we will feature this morning. You mentioned the Gainder Cup and the Injun Cup, and the cups just continue to roll forward for the rest of the time. But, uh, Tony, this part really taking shape with the 31 nominations uh, out yesterday and acceptances due tomorrow at 10 a.m. for the final field. And, of course, that win of Grand Palazzo, perfectly scripted, you could say, because that was the horse in the Central West I think most people would get the chance to be in the final. And let's remember that the Bar Calden Heat has produced two of the uh, Battle of the Bush winners so far in Mason's Chance in uh, Hanover Square. Uh, but be interested to hear Andrew Watts' comments this morning on Grand Palazzo. Good morning to you, Wattsy. And, as I indicated, scripted to get this result coming out of Bar Calden. Oh, wasn't it ever. Good morning, Rob and uh, Tony and listeners. And it was the style in which Grand Palazzo won the race, which makes you think up and sit, well, this is a genuine chance. A horse coming back from 1,400, um, only just stepping up to the plate as far as open company is concerned in the past couple of runs. Um, having that sprint in the legs to basically put the race to bed in the twinkle of an eye, uh, came away to win well. Matty Gray um, was very kind on her to the line, probably could have won. And as you alluded to, Rob, I, I think winning the bar called in heat and possibly last week's uh, win of Isis Carmilla, that's kind of your preparation you want to see. I think, and this is this is not a knock on the series at all, but I think if you win some of these earlier heats and you have three months to start planning a way forward. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a different dynamic. but And even a horse like Awanichi came in for one quick run and now goes to the final. I think those preparations really set you up 
uh, better for a, for a crack at the race in, in a fortnight's time. Yeah, um, a lot of these horses were having their final run going in. Um, of course, uh, like the Mackay horses, Cochrane, uh, Mr Larrabee, and uh, also um, Golden Athena all ran in a race in a provincial midweek, a good quality field. You had Han Dynasty coming off the uh, Kunamala. Um, also Diggity, I see, was in at Toowoomba. So they've all got a plot and plan and, and get those runs under the belt. But, uh, Watsi, I'd like to be going in with a horse that's won four straight and being a mare, and mares in form, as uh, a well-known fact, if they maintain it, they continue to win. Um, and I just pick up on one who it's only been the last two starts that she's hit this open company and you could put a question mark without being disrespectful to any form lines in the central west but uh, the last preparation was the building blocks I suppose for Grand Pilat so this preparation these four wins when you look back through the form you could put a question mark on the uh, compared to what some of these other horses like Awanichi have already faced but when you see that run at Tambo um, over Waitakere and your horse like Legend of Zorro, which was a bit of a standout run, it turns around and then wins the Gainda Cup on the weekend and beats a horse like Vanasta. There's one the other one, as you pointed out. It's the manner in which he's beating the fields, whether the opposition is strong or weak. 2.75 lengths, she just put that field to bed and there was no way they were going to get nearer. No, it was, it was a fantastic win, Rob. And, and, and I go back to her win in December at Bar Calden. Actually, over the mile, he broke the track record uh, at, to finish the season. And if you rewind the clock back 12 months prior, we saw Echo Point do exactly the same thing. And I, I did make mention on that day, not only is Grand Palazzo winning, but she's doing it on the clock and, and doing it really well. So she's come out of that um, preparation. She's gone from strength to strength. And knowing that the pace will be on uh, next weekend is something that will play into her hand. Um, great to hear, uh, talking to Nathan Schofield last night, that Maddie Gray will retain the ride. Oh, fantastic. Um, which, is, which is wonderful. Maddie's been with her for all four wins. Um, this preparation, you know, Maddie's restarting his journey um, back to the riding ranks and, and, and riding so well this year and has such a great association with not only the Schofields but Grand Palazzo. So I think a genuine uh, top four chance. And, and the beauty of Grand Palazzo is I don't think it's one of these horses that we spoke about the barrier draw is an issue. I don't think the barrier draw will matter too much because she's probably going to go back anyhow. Yep, she had barrier 12 on the weekend. She carried 57 and a half. He positioned her beautifully, found that run uh, a couple out from the rail and just zoomed away from them. Um, she's ticking all the boxes and, and ticking Grand Palazzo does. I can remember she had this great record at Bar Calden, but she hadn't won, uh, I think it was 1,200 metres uh, until the win, winning sequence started four runs ago. Uh, she hadn't won at 1,600 until that one you mentioned. Um, you know, there's so many boxes that she keeps ticking and the Schofields have got an extremely live chance. But let's remember, of course, you know, there's horses like Awanichi. They've been in more finals than any horses uh, nominated for the Battle of the Bush. You've got Coat of Arms that's come through the Stampede final in the past. Um, you know, these horses, this is the ultimate tick that she's got to get. I, for one, I'm, I'm always trying to find a reason why you get a horse with four wins in a row, why you can see them getting beaten. I've got to change that theory, mate, because um, mm. she just keeps proving me wrong every time, so I'm already jumping on, sorry. Oh, and look, it's hard living in the Central West and calling North West, Central West, South West. I feel 
almost a little bit biased, and I was actually called a one-eyed biased footy commentator on Saturday night um, <laughs> when I was calling the Longreach Tigers. But um, when it comes to this, I suppose it's the benefit of seeing these horses run in the flesh and seeing what they can. And I think um, I think it's a I mean, she's got, like I said, got to be a top four chance. Um, Awanichi, I mean, I love the prep um, this time. Raymond's been able to give him a bit of a blow and really freshen him up. I still love up by Concord. Um, if Cochrane sneaks a run, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's a sort of, I know he, he doesn't win out of turn, but he, he's kind of that horse that could pop his head down at the right time. Uh, Mr. Larrabee. I don't know. Out of the 31 uh, nominations that were received yesterday, um, they're available up on Racing Australia. Um, you can make a case for a couple. Uh, I did see Nick the Skip in the nominations for Tomazzi's. There's a bear in there. So uh, be yeah. able, good to be able to see those horses get a run. And great to see there's a bear in there. will be coming uh, by all reports. And uh, he comes in with that same sort of form line, with uh, leading all the way, winning his races. And, and let's not forget that, uh, I think it was the Nanango Heat winner in Rolling with the Flow through provincial form. And that was an extremely strong race. And that's where the comparisons come in when you're, you're looking at the heats, isn't it? Different sorts of tracks, conditions. But the quality of the opposition is uh, so important. Uh, I think Rolling with the Flow was in a very strong heat there. But... Oh, look, uh, I could easily change by next week when the barriers come out. So, for me, it was the standout of the day uh, there at Bar Calden. But I, I, you mentioned um, December last year that you you uh, saw Grand Palazzo and Echo Point with that sort of lead-up approach. Did you see another horse in the final event over 1,600 in declassify for Shane Iverson start to be another horse that West has won on the way up? It was a, it was a good ride by young Savannah McCann because this horse um, did want to do a little bit wrong, stepping out um, for the fourth career start. That's win three. I know you called the maiden there uh, at Barcall, and he's won subsequently now twice. I think with this horse and when that might be, um, you never know with with some of these young and inexperienced horses. But if he puts it all together, he has got some upside. He he wanted to give it away uh, up the straight. He drifted out. He went in, and uh, his mind was all over the place. But uh, the young girl who rode him out really well did the job. Wiki was good in second. Um, I don't know how many times we say flashing red light for Jerry Zander, but he had it on again. He he came from a minute back uh, in the same colours worn by Grand Palazzo to flash home to be beaten three quarters of a length. Um, but it's, it's always good to see these sort of middle grade of these horses getting the opportunity to stretch out and decast classify another one uh, there for Shane Iverson. Liam Balderson in the ownership and Savannah McCann. The day started off uh, really well for young Nicky Olzard who uh, made the trek out west for the second week in a row from uh, Rockhampton. Uh, she rode the first two winners, Hot Rod Jack for Patrick O'Dor for quite a while. Um, came with a well-timed run off a hot speed to beat Vital Valencia, which gave Patrick the Quinella. Uh, Tess Townsend in the saddle for that one. And Ruby Diamond, who led as um, big a margin as five lengths down the side, stuck on OK for third for Shane Iverson and Amy Graham. It was a race-to-race double for Nicky with more um, for David Rewald. Now, I... Slightly had a question mark over this mare at the mile first up in a 60. But again, I was wrong. It, it came with a really well-timed run down the outside uh, for Nicky with the four kilos off. Only carried 54 kilos. He arrived in the nick of time to beat stable mate. Charmer for David Rewalt with Robbie Farr in the saddle and Tams and battled away okay for third. Race three uh, saw a, a double for Patrick O'Toole, um, who by all his uh, admissions, had a pretty quiet year last year where he started to hit 
his straps in 2023. And No Strings, who backed up after a good race, got the cash uh, for Tess Townsend. Scoozy Flyer uh, ran a really good race in second for Boy Foster and Timmy Brummel in therapy. Um, look, this was a much improved run and, and um, talking to owner Gav Groves and um, trainer Gary, Bell, uh, Gary Brown, they've had a lot of trouble um, trying to secure a jockey for the one horse in work. But Mick Sharple uh, answered the call and uh, rode it really well. Uh, no doubt of that race, Gal Golden Cherub uh, was looming up to be right in the finish and dislodged Robbie Farr with about 20 metres to go. Um, Robbie was subsequently stood down for the remainder of the day, but is A-OK and uh, did receive a medical clearance weekend. Uh, race four was Silent Angel's turn to win uh, for Trevor Williams and Amy Graham, another horse who settled last with about 500 metres to go, rounded up the early leader, Freddie Eddy, for David Rewald and Emma Bell and came away to score by a length and a quarter. Uh, Electric Spirit for Cameron Dixon and Matty Gray uh, finished in third, beating just and a half. And the other race on the program to cover uh, was a horse I know you've always had a bit of time for, Bittersweet Pluck. Um, really getting a good record together, this galloper now. Six wins out of 18 starts. Uh, backed up a five-length win last week in Longreach to uh, double the dose on Saturday. One by length and three quarters. Uh, incredible price for a horse with such upside. Beat Rapids, uh, who was a good pick-up right for Jamie Baker, Billy Johnson, and the Squire. Uh, battled OK as the $3.60 favourite, beaten two and a quarter lengths. But that uh, wraps up Bar Alden. Yep. And Timmy Brummel, I believe, that just stretched his lead, let's say, at the Barkers for West Jockey Premiership. Um, just stretched the lead a little bit. A little bit uh, I think it's in front of Anna Bacos, is he? Yeah, just in front of Anna Bacos. Robbie uh, sitting, um, sitting in third. <clears throat> I think the back end of the season is going to be really exciting for, mm. for that Premiership as well. A um, few new jockeys. Um, it doesn't take long to start putting yourself in the fray if you're coming out every week and riding doubles either. So, um, no, it's... Uh, going well with the jockey premiership and of course Tim Brummel um, with that association with um, Bev and Boy Foster uh, has been such a strong one into their third season now You've got homework to do for the remainder of the week after the acceptance has come out uh, as like the rest of us uh, to get those tips ready for next week uh, Watsy and uh, where's your racing head this weekend? No, I've got a, um, got a weekend off um, which is a bit of a rarity for the middle of the year. So um, I know uh, Mount Isa is Helen Gimpy and Warwick, but no, I'll be uh, no doubt set some um, tasks around the house for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, there's always jobs to be done somewhere. Watsy, thanks for joining us today to wrap up what happened there at Barkey on the weekend. We'll chat soon. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Rob. Good morning, listeners. Andrew Watts there reporting in on the uh, bar called the track of the Outback last weekend. Yes, uh, racing this coming Saturday, as Watts, he said. Gimpy, Home Hill, Mand Isa, Warwick Picnic Cup Day and also Rob Atherton race this coming Saturday for the next leg of the uh, Magic Millions Rob Kosh Memorial Far North Queensland up-and-coming stayers series. Not forgetting, of course, Springshaw have their St. Patrick's Day Race Club program meeting that will race on Sunday, and that's following on from the TAB programs on uh, Thursday at Townsville and Saturday it's Toowoomba, Bow Desert and Rockhampton. And Rob, you mentioned Legend of Zorro uh, with a good form line there along with Graham Palazzo coming out of that Tambo race. Legend of Zorro then winning the Gainer Cup on the weekend. 
As they come up towards the home and um, moving up strongly there is uh, Coins Road. Apple Cross still battling away gamely as they come down into the dip. They're followed two lengths away. Vanasta's moved up strongly, but still got about four or five lengths to make up. And then came further back Legend of Zorro going around the outside of Gentle Prince. Coins Road coaches a long way back. And so too coming around the corner for the judge. And we've got a good contest here. Over on the inside, Apple Cross is trying to hold out. Here's Legend of Zorro and Vanasta bursting through. They're the pair. Vanasta in the centre, Legend of Zorro on the outside, Legend of Zorro got his bib in front and Legend of Zorro won the cup from Vanasta. Gentle Prince third and fourth in with Zorro for Brooke Johnson and Rodney Hay taking out the Gainer Cup on Saturday, beating the uh, KO Racing uh, Queen in Vanasta and Gentle Prince running into third. Paul Dolan was the voice you heard there and he's with us on Bushbeat this morning. G'day Paul. Hey Tony, hi Rob, morning all. Yeah, good, good morning to you, Paul. Exciting game to cup as always. And uh, I was mentioning Legend of Zorro was an eye-catcher out of the Tambo Cup. And Vanasta certainly is a uh, cup's queen, uh, of course. And uh, odds-on favourite. But, you know, the pull in the weights, I suppose, favouring uh, Legend of Zorro a bit. But it was a day of doubles, wasn't it? And look at these Rodney Hay colours that keep popping up. He had a double as well as Landon Sykes and Brooke Johnson and Kieran. But... Um, Legend of Zorro just had that little bit of strength at the end that got the final result there in the cup. Yeah, it was a $10 chance, uh, Legend of Zorro. Uh, Vanasta, as you mentioned, was a dollar seventy odds on favourite. The margin was a half a length at the finish. And Gentle Prince ran third for Pat Duff. Pat uh, ventured up from Deegan and he reckons he couldn't remember how many, six or seven gained a cups over a long period of time. So he uh, nearly got another one. Gentle Prince wasn't that far away in, uh, in third placing. Uh, Brooke Johnson, who, who rode for Rod Hay, Rod's based at Chinchilla, which is southwest of um, uh, Gainer by, by a few hours. Uh, she, Brooke's the other way. She's based in Rockham at the request of, um, of Rod, the trainer. And, and they also raced on Saturday at Injun, sort of which is about the same distance from Chinchilla. And Rod Hay had a lot of horses nominated, or a few horses nominated for Injun, as well as Gainer. He elected to, um, to go to Gainer, but Brooke said... Had he started his horses at Intune right for him, so I'm glad they had a good success uh, on Saturday. Yeah, she's riding very, very well. The apprentice claimed down to two kilos now, and you mentioned that other com- or that other win that they had in the uh, cutest maiden plate, appropriately named for the country meeting in Bush, taking out uh, the race for the three-year-old Fleetwood. Yeah, and uh, Bush missed the start by about a length and a half, and you don't normally see them win over a thousand metres anywhere when that happens, but got to third pretty quickly after about 300 metres and I spoke to Brooke after the race I said what went wrong at the start she said well it was just a, just um, Bush was um, she was just mucking around in the barrier she said I could sense that she wasn't so I sort of knew I'd have to um, you know rectify something and, and that's exactly how, how it panned out but uh, yeah from from a clear last out up to third quickly and then too strong at the finish. Yeah, gets up over Platinum Rose and Collagen Queen. But uh, Hannah Phillips was an exciting day in a lot of regards for her. She's only recently back from reading on social media. This was the track she had the um, uh, injury-enforced absence from, but she kicks home the first winner on the day, an ultra instinct. Yeah, it was a uh, um, long-priced winner as well. Uh, Hannah Phillips for uh, Tom Maloney is training his team these days at, uh, at Wondai. Ultra Instinct led most in the 1,000 uh, the metres contest to uh, beat Craigley Lackey, who ran on well. It'd be a, a country maiden or country class B for Craigley Lackey shortly, I should think. And Scruff and Stuff ran third. And the, the $2 favourite lay girls ran fourth. Did seem to have its chance. Didn't really threaten in the run home. But, yeah, well done to Hannah Phillips on the comeback.
Oh, they're cool. having a great run of success, but look at the stable of Corey and uh, Kylie Gearin, and, and they have 22 wins in the Country Trainers Premiership, but they're striking at 40% uh, at the moment. They continually get winners, and it was a day out. Uh, apart from Vanasta not quite getting the cup in races three and four, they got a race-to-race double. In a minute, Riley was a seventy favourite for the uh, cutest maiden plate, and... Uh from Barrier 9 was just sitting a little bit wide, but Landon Sykes, the three-kilo claimer, wasn't concerned and uh, cruised in, as it turned out, at the finish over Media Hype and, and Pally. And they also won the um, the Brown Citrus Class B over 12.80. Landon Sykes aboard, a $1.80 favourite, uh, got in comfortably from Red Gadget and um, and Laurie. It's the, another um, case of a mare in form there too, Paul. Two from two, that particular horse, and wrapping up Landon Sykes' double for the day. Yeah, we we wound up with um, they had seven races there on Saturday, two of them initially a five race card, and the the north to fifty fourteen hundred we wound up with two fields of nine to uh, finish the day, and uh, race six the first division was noteworthy because Cosmic Bullet was ridden by Tamara Noble and it was Tamara's uh, very first race win, so congratulations to her. Only her third day of riding and a race. As we know, many of the apprentices, when they start, they can go 10 or 20 rides or even more without a winner, but um, Tamara's kicked in one here at her fifth ride in a race. Four-kilo claim off the 60-kilo handicap. This one trained by Cale Sinclair from Thangool. The $3.40 favourite battle ran second. Maybe just didn't handle the downhill run at Gainer. It's quite a, quite a downhill uh, a section from about the 700 to about the 400, and a lot of horses handle it, a lot don't. So well, maybe that was the reason that um, that battle didn't uh, stretch out as well as expected. But the second division of this non-to-50 race was a real drama event, uh, guys. Went across the line, heads up, heads down between numbers two and five, Kohiko and Lonergy. And as Murphy Law would have it, the photo finish didn't operate. <laughs> Every other race on the day had a clear-cut winning margin. The one and only time the photo finish failed to operate was the closest finish of the day. And uh, the judge, Steve, backup in case there is a photo failure, attaches his little mobile phone to the side of the, uh, the camera and videos the last 100 metres of a race. So if, you know, they need a backup, that, there it is. And that phone was then you know, examined by the stewards and the connections and the jockeys and everyone and a nose margin. Not everybody was happy with the result, but I had a look at it myself and I've got to say, I could see a clear-cut nose margin there. If anything, it was a long nose. So uh, Kohiko got it uh, and it was about 25 minutes, nearly dark before the uh, the, uh, the winner was confirmed and correct weight given to pay. But Kohiko was the winner. Gabriel Simmons of Woomba beating Lonergy on the inside by a nose and uh, that was, I uh, say, drama to end the day. Yeah, it's amazing the uh, technology that's available now. Can you imagine if this was like ten years ago, and you're trying to do that off a Nokia 3300 or something like that? You wouldn't have, you would have had to have the the uh, the stewards and the judge agree on a dead heat. Yeah, exactly. Now I've just got to grab my other book. Give me two seconds, Tony. Tamara Noble, uh, we were talking about there before, five career rides now, Rob, for a, a win and two placings. Uh, only started riding towards the end of May at the uh, Chinchilla program, and Tamara, a lot of work uh, around the uh, Clifford Park course, of, uh, of course, uh, as track work rider there, but uh, apprenticed to uh, Troy Pascoe, and it was a really nice story that... Uh, uh, our good friend in uh, Jordan Gerrins put together on the Racing Queensland page going back to May. And I just want to give Jordan a wrap because he's doing a great job. Uh, all of these new apprentices as they come through. 
Oh, look, it's it's so exciting to see uh, them coming through the ranks. And, uh, yeah, she kicked off at that country uh, tab meeting. No pressure there for tomorrow. But um, <laughs> uh, good to see her get that uh, get that win on the weekend there, Paul. If I Not could, is yet. the... Oh, he's back. Yep, yep. Found my race book. <laughs> um, <laughs> going to race twice a year. And then each meeting, they, they try and do something, some improvement to their amenities. And, and they do it very, very nicely. But um, they've added a deck on recently. And uh, about, you know, catering for the excess, providing extra seating room. But then came the fact that the bar got a bit crammed and the toilets got a bit crammed. So they put in new uh-huh. toilets. And uh, uh, I've never seen this. Rob, you being a country fellow, uh, and Tony, to a lesser extent, may have seen this before. But they got an old silo off uh, a property donated to them and they've turned it into a bar. It's like, say, a huge water tank, you know, that you might have on, in your, in, on your property to, to, to collect water into your gutter and into your home. Um, but they just basically... Ca- Bar length, they've carved a piece out there, a big square piece, and uh, just hooked, hooked it up. And what have you put it on a slab of concrete? Mm, hello, balloon, it all. You've now got what they call the silo bar, and it proved very popular, um, very appropriate for a country track. Country ingenuity so. at its best, there, Paul. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You love things like that. Now, Paul, before we let you go, um, you were hinting at me uh, earlier in the week that there's going to be some changes to the Burn at the Beach series, which we've just seen wrapped up the last couple of weeks or so. We've been uh, following through with the uh, with interest the uh, the various series that are being run around the uh, the countryside. Burn at the Beach started off back in October last year at Eidsvold and wrapped up a couple of weeks ago with the uh, last race uh, at Bundaberg back on the uh, 13th of May. And uh, we were able to uh, celebrate the winning trainer and Shania Willis as the winning jockey and... Uh, uh, James Atelier is the winning horse out of the 2022-23 series, but there's changes coming for the Burn to the Beach series. Yeah, well, Lyle Murray, who's the um, long-serving chairman of the um, South East Queensland Country Clubs, as they call themselves, the non- non-tab clubs, will be a change to the Burn to the Beach series uh, next year. And, Tony, um, a place burrowing down is near to your heart because I know when you started uh, working radio in, in the town of Kingaroy... Um, and also Roma, you'd get to the, the Burren Down races, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard of Burren Down, but uh, don't exactly know much about it. Well, it's uh, once a year, uh, about four hours northwest of um, west of uh, Brisbane. I call it Mini Mini Birdsville. Anyway, um, Burren Down is part of the um, the, the, the Burnet to the Beach for just concluded, but next year it's going to host the final. The, the series is going to be changed. The conditions are going to be changed. Where there'll be qualifying races as opposed to just, a, and then there'll be a and this is what, what what I'm shaking my head at still, Tony, a $20,000 final of the Burnet to the Beach at Burren Down. Now, did you, in your younger days and when I was going out there, ever dream there'd be a $20,000 race at Burren Down? No, half the time, I think, going back, and I'm talking 40 years ago, or probably 35, I'm going to give away my age, and you, half the time you were going around for uh, probably a, a bale of hay, a bag of feed, and a, uh, a ribbon to hang around the horse's neck. $20,000 for the final, that's sensational. Yeah, they're going to run the heats at, I guess, the, I think it's the same tracks. And, and I, I said to Lyle, well, why change something if it ain't broken? He said, well, the Burn It to the Beach series has been in the same format for, for, for quite two uh, The clubs thought just to try and, you know, just maintain that interest, if not improve the interest, we'll do something a little bit different. Obviously, the format resembles, to a large extent, the the Burnett to the Beach, which ends up in with a qualifier final in town. But anyway, this is a... This is a, a change that's going to happen, and uh, the final will be a twenty thousand dollar race at uh, at Burren Down. So there you go. Who would have oh, thought? Fan.
And that follows on too, Paul. um, Both the Gainer Club and the Injun Club were value-adding on the weekend. I think it was 8,000 at one and 9,000 added to the prize money. So it just just keeps adding the the cream on the the top of the cake. Only is that you've got the keeper of the series job even more firmly entrenched in between you and Cole (laughs) Truscott. That'll be up on the the website, uh, Racing Queensland website, with all the details of those heat winners leading towards that final. I look forward to that when it rolls around later in the year as well. Paul, thanks for joining us with that wrap-up from Gain to Cup on the weekend. We'll chat with All the best. Rob, you mentioned before that uh, we're coming into Cup season and, uh, yeah, not that far away. It's only the 24th of June when it's Alpha Cup Day, Laura Cup Day. The McKinley Cup is the final of the Outback Racing Showcase Series. Uh, you roll then into Clermont and Stanford having their Cups on the 1st of July. Uh, Bow Desert Cup Day is the 8th of meeting there. Looking ahead, Hewenden Cup is the 15th of July, St George Cup the 29th of July, so on and so on and so on. But we have one cup, uh, one other cup to wrap up from the weekend, and that was the Injun Cup on Saturday. Hanover Square gets to the lead at the back turn, 600 metres to go. Put paid to unrestricted, and Bushido comes to the unrestricted. About two back then to Snowfire on the outside of Last Armageddon. At the 400 metre mark, circling Hanover Square in front. Quickly up on the outside, Bushido, followed then by unrestricted, and Last Armageddon and Snowfire come to the outside. Our Bushido has kicked to the lead. Down the outside, running on is Last Armageddon and Snowfire. Bushido in front, in front of last Armageddon and so far and Bushido too good. Bushido has beat a very tight finish between the stable mates last Armageddon and so Bushido for Mark Goodwin defeating Snowfire and last Armageddon. The uh, last leg of a treble for Nathan Fazakli there at Injun on Saturday. Yeah, we've had Nathan on before on Bushbeat and we haven't put the uh, the mock on him uh, with the, those results still flowing for him and good to see him getting out to the country meetings and, and good to hear Hanover Square still going around in uh, cup races, of course, being a battle for Mark Goodwin and Nathan. Too strong, eighth win out of 38 now for the Factor Gelding after winning at one Doan at his last run. Mentioning Nathan with that treble, uh, pa- uh, Para Park makeup came off a good... Uh, third at Cunnamulla, uh, the previous start. And it was a, a good run that day. The leader in the cutest maiden. Of course, the cutest money went off with all three place getter. Boom, the great into uh, third that was also a runner on Cunnamulla in the race Para Park makeup was in. And then Nathan completed the race to race double in race two with Inhinchable. Now, here's a horse that's really got a form line going. Two wins in a second, its last three, then 23. For trainer Alistair Webb now uh, training in Hinchable, and it defeated uh, a couple of good horses in Winnebar and Early Plea. So uh, there's a horse going forward, form-wise, to follow with a bit of confidence. Of course, Caitlin Johnson uh, trained a uh, hypervelocity with uh, Rochelle Weedrit uh, cruising that winner in the Class B over Unitary and Raspberry Bullets, and. Um, Lasco, Cunnamulla form uh, proving pretty good, actually, out for this in-June meeting. William Pugsley and Dylan Bennett, Craig Smith's apprentice, are uh, kicking home Lasco over Oakfield Blossom and Ghetto in the ratings band 0 to 55, uh, handy for the 1,400 metres. But uh, great result there. And I think uh, horses like Bushido in form and in Hinchable, you can follow pretty closely um, out of that. And uh, just in terms of jockeys doing well and uh, the premiership that we like to follow, uh, each week, uh, Robbie Farr, even though he took that tumble at Bar Call in 39, uh, Tyler Leslight, uh, he's moved into second place in 32. But Dan Ballard came off a double at Richmond, and that moved him into third with 31 wins. Um, Dan closing the gap. 
uh, and it ca came out of that Richmond. He had the uh, wins for um, Jim Jackson with the Didn't Ask Me, took the Class B after a hue and win two starts back. And also for Jay Morris with Sizzling Sonata, a sizzling gelding having its first run for the stable first up from the spell, defeated the Brotherhood and its supply. And in terms of uh, Premiership, Tony, Tanya Parry uh, moved to 37 with her uh, double at Richmond. She trifected the first race with Have a Beer for Ted, defeating Great I Am and Orcus. And then on the take for Tanya and Denisha Smith, defeated Macapino and Latin Day. Johnson maintains the lead because he bounced back in the uh, following race after on the take with Sizzling River. A half-brother to River Racer, this horse. Been in the placings its last four. And again, there's that Cunnamulla form. It was a good placing at Cunnamulla at its last run. This Sizzling, two Sizzling winners for the day. Defeated Taboo and uh, Via, the other winner. And the other winner on the day was Mopar. Kerry, oh, here's a combination that does a great job. Kerry Crow and Jason Babarovich first win in its last four. Defeated all at sea and Danaway. And as Paul mentioned about Gainder, there were seven races at Gainder and Barcaldon. Well, there were six at Richmond. And at this time of the year, Tony, you tend to see the, the number of uh, races on programs extending out to that number. But we'll keep following with interest those premierships with Billy Johnson now out to 40. Uh, leading Tanya Parry on 37. And Johnny Manzeman sneaks into 33 because he had a good day out at Mirambar. Uh, we had uh, Tony McMahon out there. And uh, Tony will be able to fill us in on the uh, the details of where Billy Johnson and John Mansman got winners out there at Mirambar on the weekend. Good morning to you, Tony. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, uh, Tony. Yeah, lovely meeting out at Mirabar. Good crowd in attendance. Uh, lots of novelties. They had a, um, a team that went over really well with uh, the youngsters and some of the oldies at heart too. As I say, a good crowd, good racing. The track, uh, the track raced very well, and uh, I think all concerned were very happy with the results. And they they back up there uh, in November. I haven't got the exact date, but uh, that'll be coming up before we know it. Um, I had a little bit of computer problem, but I found the race book. Eight of things. Uh, the first race out there was the Black Nugget Benchmark 55 over 15.50. This was won very, very easily by one of Billy Johnson's horses called Stampede Warrior, ridden by Taylor Leslie. Big, strong horse, has a really unorthodox galloping action uh, in front, uh, gets its legs up high, but it's having three-quarter lengths. Very impressive win. Um, second was Star of Leon, Nicole Seymour. Great to see Nicole back riding. She resumed riding on um, Thursday, last Thursday, Mackay. After being having a broken pelvis in January, she's a, a delightful young girl, a young lady, and uh, she rode Star of Leon well. In third place in that first race went to uh, Motor Mia, as trained by uh, John Menzelman. John had a he, he without John on Saturday, Mirambo would have been in trouble. He supplied or something like 16 or 17 horses. He had something like 25, 30 nominated. The second race was the um, Mining and Energy Union Open Handicap over 1,400. It was won by Grand Delago, ridden by Natalie Summers. Natalie is the partner for Daryl Johnson. They brought this horse, Daryl was telling me recently online, I think from memory he told me $6,750. I asked him what he paid because it's a cheap horse now. First prize in at Moorumbar was 6800 And I went down to the betting ring and I did see Daryl have a nice little to well and truly out of Grand Delago. Uh, he raises it with um, a relation of his Jacqueline Johnson. It won easily two by two and a quarter lengths. From um, Ancient Echoes, one of Billy Johnson's for Tyler Leslie. And third in that race went to uh, number six, which was uh, Brazen Brickier. Uh, the third race made in plate over 1,100 metres. Once again, a, a racing certainty. And this is a trainer, John Manson, win. He supplied the entire field. 
Mm-hmm. Done it a few times over the years. I think about three times. I can remember a long, long time ago calling him at, uh, at Mackay when he had something like nine starters, all the starters in the maiden. But anyhow, he, he lobbed up there. Went out with this result. I'm just trying to find it. Um, if you've got the results, oh, here it is, I think. Uh, let me that see. That was Sand and Ocean. Sand and Ocean. Yes, that's it. Written by uh, Jade Dillon. It scored from the... Uh, Awkward Pride, and actually another one of uh, John Manselman's, Natalie Summers, that went to um, Snuggle Bang Yahoo. I don't know where they get these names from, no disrespect to the owners, but Snuggle Bang Yahoo. It's incredible. Brady, I'll, give, I'll, I'll give you a bit of insight. Uh, John, of course, with that pacing background, tends to like names that have that sort of ring to them, like the pacers. And he was listening to a race uh, one day and he did about Bang Yahoo. And he right. said, I'm going to use that for naming of horses. <laughs> well, he did. Yeah, well, uh, thank you for explaining that because I, I had no idea where it came from. Didn't run a bad race, actually. It's got home well for third. I'll win a race before too long. But um, the winner was just far too good. Sand and Ocean, the beautiful bread horse by Dean. I suggest there's more wins in it. That took us into the benchmark 60. This was over 1,170 metres. And this went to uh, Ren Plucks, written by Aaron Malloy. Aaron's one of these um, young apprentice jockeys from Rockhampton, one of the uh, female jockeys, and they're riding really well. Nicky Olzard rode the double out there, as you would have mentioned, at Bar Corbin, and Brooke Johnson's riding the centre. So uh, it's good to see these young girls coming through the ranks in Rockhampton where they're badly needed. And Mackenzie Abel is a new one coming up too. She rides very well. She got her uh, licence last week, so we'll be seeing her soon on the country scene. But Ren Pluck, too good for them. Um, written by Erin Malloy, defeated Nishani uh, Rebel, and third went to Rocky Poet, Nicole Seymour, for um, Glenda Bell. That took us to the last at uh, Murrumbah. And this was the um, benchmark 45, 1,000 metres. Another one to Jay. This is a magnificently bred horse, uh, Talk Sensation. Uh, gee, it's, it's by uh, Medaglio Bill, a more than ready mare. And uh, it's won a couple now. And it uh, won that race very decisively by six and three-quarter lengths. It's Blitzman, actually, defeating uh, Flaming Asteroid. Uh, John, John Mandelman, Aaron Malloy, and Miss Delicious was third, um, Tyler Leslie for Bevan Johnson. But a couple of easy wins. Uh, the horse that won the first race, I, I think he was going to win some more um, Stampede Warriors. Just, just, just killed them after recent wins at Bar Corbin and Quilpie. So I think it's probably the horse to follow from the meeting at Moranbar. You're off to Springshaw Sunday, I imagine. Beg your pardon? You're off to Springshaw Sunday, I imagine. Yes, out there for the, uh, it'll be the first. Uh, Sunday meeting for the Springfield St. Patrick's Day Race Club. They were washed out in March and they've uh, taken this date. They had a phantom meeting back in March. So uh, they should have a good day on Saturday. I haven't seen the nominations, but hopefully they'll be uh, fruitful and plenty of horses out there at Springfield. Oh, okay, we'll catch up on Bushbeat soon. Look forward to it. Well, we've got a fly. Time is on the wing. As we mentioned, uh, there's plenty of racing coming up this week. Townsville on Thursday. Uh, then the TAB programs on Saturday at Toowoomba, Bow Desert and Rockhampton. Saturday... Atherton for the next leg of the up-and-coming stage series, along with Warwick's Picnic Cup meeting, Gimby Home Hill and Mount Isa, and yes, Springshaw with their replacement meeting on Sunday. We'll be looking forward to those acceptances for Battle of Bush coming out uh, tomorrow and the form lines going into that for tipping next week. But uh, if you have any stories on country racing, just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. Good morning to you, Tony. Good morning, uh, listeners, and we look forward to uh, a great racing ahead. 
Good on you, Rob. Thank you to Rob Luck, uh, Paul Dolan, Andrew Watts and Tony McMahon for joining us on Bushbeat this week. Yes, a reminder for all of those who have nominated for the Battle of the Bush final that acceptances must be declared before 9am tomorrow, Wednesday, 21st of June. Riders declared before midday tomorrow, Wednesday, 20th. And next week on Bushbeat, we'll go a little bit more in-depth into the Battle of the Bush final for 2023. We'll catch you then.